Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Vobis Dude podcast. I'm back again with Camille Rivera. She's she's super famous, super cool. Um, you know everything about her, of course. Camille, welcome back. How are you? That's that's not true. I'm not super famous. Well, okay, okay. I say that because um, <laughs> since the last time she was doing something on Vobis Dude, she's done a lot of speaking engagements with Global Landscapes Forum. She's She's traveled the world talking about mangroves. So in a way, she's she's gotten super famous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. I am. Oh, my God. It got very uh, intense after, I think. More things to do, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. What exactly were you doing? Like, I saw that you were a global or a, a steward. What, what exactly does that mean for, for Global Landscapes Forum? Yeah, so Global Landscapes Forum have six restoration stewards, and one of that was the wetland restoration, and I got into that um, program. It's a one-year project wherein we are going through a restoration work. We have to do, you know, uh, we have to create some blogs, we have to create some videos, and every now and then we have this mainstream or we get exposed in social media mm -hmm. with our work so that was the whole glf support and aside from the finance that they start that they they gave us so so yeah it's actually ending this month already we just announced during the glf climate last in uh, november during glasgow we announced the new restoration stewards, so that was a good thing. It's a it's a new new stewards then. So we're we're graduated. Okay. <laughs> Our batch is graduated. So you, so you're passing on on this torch. Did you meet some cool people? I'm sure you got to meet some people in person, right? Oh yeah. Oh my god, that was amazing. I think that was the highlight of my stay in in Glasgow because when I was there, everyone kind of knew me because mm -hmm. they saw me in the screen many times and i'm like i'm sorry i don't know you guys that's so funny um and <laughs> what, did, what did what did he say he said i'm gonna go oh, okay bye <laughs> okay so that was my partner um but yeah so apparently i saw the people doing the the whole online thing the directors, the people who have worked really on the on the on the site, like in the on the what is that like digital work, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Anna, the coordinator, um, some some of them though, and not all of them. So some are online, some are um, on the spot that we saw them. So that was kind of new. That was really interesting. I love uh, seeing them and meeting them in person. So. Uh, they also got inspired by the picture of me in the truck. Apparently, that was their favorite photo, I heard, because it led them to think that we can do this online. Yeah, because yeah. of me in that photo, they said, you can be anywhere and you can do this all online with the whole conference. So it was heartwarming. It was really heartwarming. For people listening, the, the truck photo was about when you when you recorded um, for Global Landscapes Forum one time, and I think you had to hike up a hill or something to yeah, get signal, yeah. <laughs> um, but but your background was the most unique it ended up being. So yeah, yeah that worked out. Funny. 
I was in a truck in the hill. That was the best signal in the place. And um, it was sunset. So we were, while we were in the room to do the, some test run, I was actually showing you guys that I'm in a sunset area, you know, like yeah, I'm in a hill and everyone thinks I'm like, uh, everyone thinks it's a, it was a Zoom background. So uh, that was funny. So it was such a setup, actually. Um, the the was, other option was um, what with goats, right? I remember another yeah, time we well, called you had goats in the background were, or something. <laughs> that tech run that we did prior to that, there were goats and cows and I was just like, shocked or scared that it will happen again but apparently there wasn't and after our session a video kiss started so a karaoke started after our session so the moment we said goodbye thank you and then the moment i turned it off then a huge sound of like hey you know like singing <laughs> i was just oh my god i was that was just a good time <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> so it was it was fun like um it was such a nice uh, experience to be outside um, there and to learn so many things in, in Glasgow. What was um, the session in Glasgow about? Like, we'll talk about COP in a little bit, but, but what was GLF doing in Glasgow? So GLF together with, um, so they were, during the time on COP26, they also created a, um, a conference called Forest, Food, and Finance. So it's all about different topics of different people, different speakers talking about forest, talking about reducing meat consumption. So about food, how to make how to make our food sustainable, and then on the financing side, how to mainstream finance for biodiversity or how to open financing to uh, protection of forest. So all of these three topics were really interesting. And those are the times also that we moderated on announcing the Restoration Alliance. So the Restoration Alliance is basically the restoration stewards this year that will help in the long run for the next restoration stewards. So it's not anymore just a one-year restoration stewards program, but now it became like an alliance, you know? So we will all be still involved, mm -hmm. us, the, the old restoration stewards. So that was a new thing. Um, and there were so many good, good topics. And it really is about everyone is trying to help putting finance on protection. I think overall, it's all about you have a role. Each person, corporation, different sectors have a role in trying to reduce 1.5 degrees Celsius. I think that's cool because it, it sometimes um, environmental messaging can sound exclusionary, like just like you're doing badly, you're doing badly. But doing it like this, it, it gives everybody an avenue, like with your resources, with your background, this is how you can um, get involved. Exactly. And that was kind of the, the topic in COP as well, mm -hmm. that um, overall, so in, in COP, there are many badges. So I am in the badge of the yellow, which is an observer. I can only be in the blue zone side events. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have, if you are a delegate by the country or um, like, yeah, like um, a delegate of the country and some additional ones it's called party and party overflow so those mm -hmm. are the pink badges the pink badges you can enter the high level talks so those high level that you know david attenborough was there 
world leaders you can listen to them and listen to uh, what they're talking about and all yeah about different um, countries what are their limitations and what are they trying to do to reduce the 1.5 degrees celsius so i am only in the side events um, however those side events are also equally interesting because they have topics that range from nature from business sectors there's some countries there as well like brazil indonesia it's it's crazy it's so many it was kind of overwhelming yeah for me with the knowledge that i have to absorb so that was that was a, a one in, once in a lifetime thing as well did you spend the whole two weeks there or i can't imagine doing that every day yeah uh, so the the funny thing was like i did not attend the first three days i was there only on the november 4th and until the the second week however the moment i arrived i was also still struggling on the weather because okay, it was yeah. cold for me right <laughs> it was in glasgow and and so i was also confused because it's uk uh, road system so going to the area i am in a wrong road because it's right hand side or something like that but you drove on the correct side right like i did not drive but like going oh, to get okay. the bus yeah you know getting the bus i don't know which side That's and so i'm funny. still so confused and so the first day i was trying to understand still like okay how to go uh, where to get the travel pass how i have to get the rt pcr because every day you have to swab yourself or mm -hmm. an antigen test every day before you enter and then when you enter the premises it was quite overwhelming as well because there was just so many people there were so many conferences and talks happening at the same time so i was confused which pavilion so pavilion is like each country for example or each um, topic like there's nature pavilion there's a mm -hmm. business pavilion there's indonesia pavilion for example and so you have to go each one of them and check their events and what if you have event at this time that you want to listen and there's equally this equally um interesting event on the another pavilion which is yeah. so far away so you have to understand which which event or which talk you want to listen to so it is very um overstimulating i would yeah. say yeah for sure but where to go so i would suggest if you have an organization get two people or three people and spread out you know i'm only one person right so it was kind of difficult to navigate where i want to listen because everyone is just so interesting like it really is it, it's all these talks about financing mechanisms and science and those are the the things i am so interested about so did, did you take away any any key things um that, that you'll continue to use from there so i i listened to few talks actually um because every day is also different topics so they also cater to that topic right and so um i got some cards that i already followed up with them and some of them i've had meetings already so yeah it's it's quite productive for our organization um in trying to making sure we get some finance going into the organization and some partnerships and collaborations. So that's a bit productive for us. 
Um, I cannot say for other organizations or countries. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I've had talks from other people. Like uh, there was this guy from Kenya, and then he mentioned that there's a lot of trade-off happening. Like you know, if if they have to give up this money for let's say health or education mm-hmm. just for environment, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of trade-off. Yeah, that. for sure. So um, quite interesting to to also hear the other side of it. You know. Yeah, and I heard a, a lot from this cop that like people were very critical of companies uh, greenwashing. They they wanted yeah. to kind of hold hold companies accountable, so so to yeah. speak. Did you did you see a lot of that happening? Like people trying to hold companies to be more accountable, or what did that look like at the event? Or like yeah, so there was um <laughs> there was a video of Greta as well that she left the session and. She left the session and just, then just not shouted, but just stop greenwashing and then left, you know? Uh-huh. And it was for me really interesting because there are big corporations there that are doing greenwashing, but there are also corporations that are trying to solve their sustainability area. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I, I believe, and I'm a bit positive about it because we also have to think that the more the company is trying to be sustainable, the more people will want to buy their products. So they will be actually trying to really use sustainable products. They will want to reach that, um, trying to check their supply chain. But you know, at, at any other processes, it's not, a, it's not an overnight thing. Yeah. It has to be well thought of. So that's why it takes a long time for me. There are some that is still, you know, that will that are doing greenwashing for sure. But I also believe there are small corporations that are trying their best, right? So I'm I'm hopeful. I'm I'm really hopeful because for example, I, I listened to a um, Salesforce that is under, I think, I'm not sure. There's I think there's a separate company, even uh, HP is another company, Amazon, they literally created a department just for sustainability, just for marine, you know, marine issues or something like that, because they saw now that we have to all contribute to whatever is happening around the world. Although I did not see any like Nestle there or Coca-Cola, I did not see Mm -hmm. anything like that, unless they were invited in a speaking engagement there, maybe, but I do not know. But there are really good corporations that are trying their best. So it's it's um it's 50-50. Some will yeah. do the group coaching, some are, are trying their best. And we don't want to like do a big uh what is that like a generalized yeah, you know, yeah. Paint paint that. everything with one brush yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. While you were out there, did you I mean, how was the conference in regards to coronavirus? Because were, were people testing? Were people wearing masks? What what was yeah. what did it look like? So when you enter, you have to test yourself. You're like a self-administered testing. The funny yeah. thing which is a bit of questionable for me is that you are the one who will click the button to say you're negative, you're positive, or unsure. Basically, <laughs> you see the test, and let's say you are positive, but you're the one who can control the click button, right? So you can literally put a oh, negative <laughs> and then you go back to the conference. And then because after submitting that form online, mm-hmm. 
they will give you a text message and that text message you will show it to the guards okay from the entrance so i think that was the the missing link or or the mistake they did because they trust so much the people yeah. that will the the swabs self administer what they did not do is they could have asked for a photo so when you do you you have to take the photo of the of the the thing the the yeah. medical device and says if it's negative and then they will do something like an ai that says oh it's negative really like approve negative right yeah, because yeah. it's really it's really based on trust like it it based on the person um however we have to do self administer every day there's three guards so basically when you enter you show the negative test after that you enter again it's a security test for your bags and then after that again it's a scanned security again for your uh, id so it's a lot of like line that you have yeah. to go through that system and um quite interesting with also like you have to be tested on day 2 uh, you have to be tested on day 8 so there's a lot of testing going on for sure um but then i think that was just the mistake that they didn't ask the people to take a photo of the proof that they mm. are indeed negative you know so yeah it could have been you know it could have been still a, a place for generating the omicron i have no idea <laughs> hope not so, hope not hope not right but it yeah yeah it was close to that date though like you know mm. like everyone going back to their homes or like yeah. quarantine i did quarantine everyone's doing quarantine stuff but it's it's just mutates it, it mutates so fast but anyhow we had to wear mask inside the premises for sure but yeah like everyone's uh, not really social distancing everyone's trying to mingling each other you know so it wasn't really like a social distancing thing it, it's still mask on they really look at you like can you wear your mask if you're not eating you know when you're mingling in the conference um did people still have their masks on yeah all mask on yeah even oh. like the the high officials they're all in masks so even if you walk around you have to wear a mask also so but the moment you get out of glasgow premises or like the premises yeah. open air you can remove your mask that's you know so that's kind of weird because like the locals are not wearing mask at all so i'm also getting shocked to remove it like Oh but I'm I'm outside now like you know so I'm I'm still wearing mask because it protects my nose and my mouth uh -huh. from dry dry winter so it was it was good for me to wear it but locals the locals there are not wearing some are yes they are mm -hmm. very like the old people but not all oh my god I was it was a culture shock also they're not at all wearing mask during the climate strikes there were uh -huh. people not wearing mask so Imagine. so in the Philippines right now it's it's very what what's the regulation like like what are people doing day to day so now we've we've been uh, we've had low cases but so what's happening now is that they remove like they opened restaurants they opened a gym and they opened salons already mm -hmm. so everything is getting lenient already but yeah we're trying to there's no more the shield you know we used to have this mask and then there's a face face shield yeah. so that's no more again um but we're all trying to like just reduce the the 
the, the exposure. So we still have to show our vaccination records and, and all those things. But every one of us are still at home, like okay. work from home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's quite similar here. They're like gyms are still open, but our cases have gone up. So, so oh, wow. now you have, to, you have to test in order to do certain things now. Be vaccinated wow. and test. Um, but that's the thing here in the Philippines. Remember, if it's Christmas season, everyone yeah. wants to go home, mingle each other. So I think they just let it let the the, the rules a bit go down and like mm-hmm. okay, go home because you haven't seen it, your family for like a year, you know. Oh yeah. And I have a feeling they might close again on January after you know the Christmas New Year. So they might do that. I have a feeling. So we it's don't. It's possible. It's really possible. Aside from coronavirus, um, did you get to experience some of the local culture around Glasgow? Because I, I saw you you were doing some sightseeing as well. Did you have a good time? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I did, I did only two days. I think I was, the feeling of I think I'm still in work kind of uh-huh. feeling. So it's hard to focus on like, oh, should I go out? I did a break two days only. So one on a Sunday, because anyway, there's no uh, conference. And one on a Wednesday before my talk. Okay. So my talk was on a Thursday. So I just had to get out of the premises, just relax and, you know, just thank the universe. I'm here. I was able to reach this place, which is I have no idea I could reach this place. You know, like who would have thought, <laughs> come on, I'm just like, a, I'm just working on the ground. <laughs> who would have yeah. Thought? <laughs> and, and now you're seeing, seeing the world. Seeing the world, yeah, it's just uh, a humbling feeling, actually. So I went to Edinburgh and then just tried, uh, I did not try scotch. I'm not a scotch person, scotch, scotch. Um, <laughs> yeah, how do you pronounce that? Yeah, it's scotch, it's fine. Scotch, scotch. And then um, I did try the Guinness that I went to Ireland. Okay. So that's amazing. And yeah, actually, the after conference, I went to Ireland. I visited a friend of mine who I used to work with in Negros Oriental. She moved together with her family and now they're working there. So I just went there to visit her for three days only, but the whole island is amazing and it's just so friendly. But, you know, again, it's so cold winter, like windy, like our Irish or Northern Ireland is windy area. So I was, I wanted to just stay at home. (laughs) yeah, so yeah. Cold. Win- so cold. winter in in europe is is much colder <laughs> <than Philippines>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly exactly it was uh it was nice nice experience to uh, see a bit of nature um see like and experience other stuff and like yeah. you know like drinking and and um the food as well oh my god we went a lot of areas I, I, oh my god it was just a lot of things to do if I can remember, my God, it was just so fast paced, I would say. Like, we had to do this 8 a.m. Let's go, let's go. It's just <laughs> it was scheduled cool. out. It was yeah. scheduled out. My friend scheduled it out because she knows that I'll leave tomorrow or something like that. But I had mm-hmm. to do testing the RT PCR in between. But it was just, you know, like, oh, let's go for RT PCR. And then when we arrive again, we enjoy. And then tomorrow, let's do RT PCR. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> So it was because yeah. you're you're used to what you you told me about island time or something in the Philippines. Is that is that still a thing? Oh yeah, I mean yeah. even now that because I'm working from home and I 
own my time. I've been really like a bit slow and like just chill and like okay I I go that's nice work in the morning and just have a coffee and like okay answer emails you know I've been like slow in the morning I'm slow in the morning compared to like in the night that I can be like I can work until 12 you know but like when I was there I just want to like chill because it's like a you know vacation when my mm-hmm. friend was just so like let's go <laughs> but it was nice it's just so win- like winter and cold so um that the weather i was struggling with so i want to go back there next time on a in the summer, a summer. in the summer yeah. i think summer would be amazing just a lot of people out but it's okay as long as i can withstand the temperature you know and just yes. see more the daylight is actually the when it reaches 4 i just 4 pm in europe i yeah, feel it's dark like exactly it was like oh my god it's dark now like then i'm sleepy wasted- all the time over here <laughs> <laughs> you wasted whole day you know so i i need to go back on a summer or springtime yeah yeah i do i do miss the sunlight living out here there's not a lot of it and yeah sometimes like if the sun is out i'll just stand by the window Uh, take my shirt off and, and, and get some rays. <laughs> well, it's still cold outside, no? Like it, yeah, of if, course. If it's sunny, it's cold. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's wow. cold out here. Yeah, that's tough. I, I also, what what do I want to ask you about? Your NGO, Mangroves for oh. the Future. Let's talk about it. What is it about? You started it a year ago, two years ago? Yeah, we started it during the pandemic, to be exact. Mm-hmm. So during that time, I'll just make it really short. During that time, sure. it was a lot of networking. I have to go into mailing lists, newsletters, read a lot, uh, looking for partnerships, looking for collaborations. And at some point, I applied to so many grants, so including the Restoration Steward. So, you know, fast forward to the future, I got the Restoration Steward uh, program. And... We also have three memorandum agreements to three local municipalities already. We put out a storybook for ocean literacy and now launching the second one. And we've already have uh, we've already distributed the storybooks to like 54 local children. Uh, we already started restoring 500 seedlings of mangrove. mangrove trees in uh, mangroves uh, you know seedlings into mm-hmm. our site so there's so much you know we've done a lot i would say we've done a lot and we we have now assessing few more sites for the restoration work and we also deployed the first smart buoy which is a real time temperature that gets the temperature in one meters below the surface and 10 meters below the surface, like real time. So I can see it on my computer. And we give this data to the government, to, uh, to the fisher folks so that they know when is their corals bleaching, you know, and when the corals are stressed. So, so many milestones actually happen in just a year. And yeah, that was, that was quite a handful. So fast. Like, I think I would say, you know, it started really small and, I doubt sometimes if I can pull through this NGO, you know, sometimes it's not an overnight thing, right? You have to always like continue building it up, building the credibility. And then now we're in COP. So we talked about how mangroves is not just about restoration, but it's also about public participation. So that was my topic in COP. And so, yeah, there's so many 
kind of milestones we achieved. So I'm just actually so proud having this. And, and for the next months, I'm just writing proposals for next year for just more grants to come, you know, that's, more funding. That's cool. You do a lot. Like it's, it's part <laughs> restoration. It's part community participation. Yeah. It's part education. Um, oh, yeah. it's, it's part tech as well, as oh, you mentioned. Yeah. So, so I think it's pretty multifaceted what, what the NGO is doing and, and you've done a lot in one year. You know, I was just, as you were saying this, I was thinking, wow, I can't, I could not do that because I'm too <laughs> lazy to, you know, it's like so much stuff you're involved in. Because like, we're trying to bid the NGO to what we envision. Mm-hmm. And I think because of my previous connections and networks from different parts of the world, different parts of the Philippines, it just all came together in a good time, mm-hmm. you know? So I just believe in the timing. It just probably didn't, did not work during the pandemic because everyone is so busy trying to fix their life in the pandemic time, right? Yeah. Or trying to make sure the NGO or their own organizations, their own NGO, they're trying to also think of ways how to, to, to move with it, right? So this year was just, everything was just, all in a puzzle piece together and was able to stitch together so i i just believe more positive things for the for the ngo for the next few years i hope i hope yeah that sounds great i'm i'm really happy <laughs> happy for you that's <laughs> Thank that's you. really cool what would you like for the future of the ngo like uh, any any direction you want to take it yeah absolutely i think we just hope to make it more well, for now, we just want to make it more sustained. Like for the next three years, I do hope for more sustainable financing that will come for the NGO. And then who knows, it could expand to other sites as well. Like some, a good friend of mine who's one of the um, advisor wanted to open it in South Africa, for example. So we just have to really talk through it, you know, and, and think of ways to how, who will be the staff there and et cetera. But it, I don't know, it, it can be big mm-hmm. if we just need to focus a bit, like, okay, what is really our path, right? So I just, like, yeah, for the next three years, I would say more sustainable financing, um, mm-hmm. just really looking at a good partnership. And also, yeah, our, our NGO is part of the 1% for the planet. So that's like... Cool. 1% of the planet is basically this, um, you know, when business sectors can fund NGOs and it's really like a club, like you can't, you can't enter that area unless you are a, you are been um, vetted by, by business. Mm-hmm. So that was a good thing. I'm, I'm actually quite happy for that as well. So more for that, more for that for the next three years and I can have more staff to, uh, to get involved on the ground and, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's what i see i i hope it can be big but i i think it can be <laughs> at the same time have more impact on the ground yeah all these grants and and organizations you're part of is it like do you hear about it or is it the result of a lot of research that you do to find out hey these things exist um it would be relevant for my organization yeah so it's a lot of research and a lot of hearing both so the one person for the planet was mentioned to me by some business um, and they were asking me if I'm part of it. So I had to search for it. And then when I search, then you cannot apply as an NGO. You have to be vetted by a business person, you know, those things. But other things, I heard it from friends, 
some some um, partnerships they saw us in social media you know mm-hmm. so just kind of mainstreaming our work and some are just me trying to research you know like when you are in a mailing list or in a newsletter you kind of like i kind i i don't know like what's with you but i look uh-huh. at through newsletters and look at the who's doing this who's funding this one you know and then i click on it i check on it i check all the logos who are their partners so i check everything until i go into super deep web of like who are these funders uh-huh. and i get into it so Some I need to I, learn that skill or have the motivation because <laughs> I I'm just I I throw out the newsletters like I, I'm I'm the opposite I, I don't want to read extra no but. no but this is different like for example if it's about coral reef then you uh-huh. I check the newsletter and then sometimes they announce new things there right mm-hmm. or they they show some uh, cool stuff like they are funded by this one and then they always also mentioned like if you have any interesting stories please email us and this one this one and i and i reach out i do reach yeah, out yeah that's I, important yeah and i tell them oh we have this project can you mainstream our work you know what i mean so it's yeah, just yeah. really about reaching out and then who knows the only lose thing you would get is like a no but yeah, that's, yeah, that's like, i'm so used to the no already right like oh yeah okay that's fine <laughs> then yeah, okay yeah. next next thing again so Yeah, it's it's quite that's, uh that's cool. It's a lot of patience to to find a lot of these things, yeah. Yeah, so you, you got to reach out, got to do your research. Um Yeah, exactly. I, I also want to ask you to reflect because maybe a year ago you you were just starting the organization and you there were things maybe you were unsure of or or maybe even anxious about. Are there any concerns now that if you would talk to past Camille just be like Hey girl, don't worry about it. This this doesn't matter. Like we'll get through this or like what would you what kind of advice would you give to the Camille creating the organization? Oh yeah, I think I would say like don't be afraid to to talk. I would say I'm such a person that you know that feeling when you just want them to reach out to you. Yeah. But then at some point you have to reach out. You have you are the one who is in need of something and you have to find those allies. And I think I would tell my old Camille to like go reach out, be a networker or networker is that a word? A networking sure, person. Sure, it's a word. Yeah. <laughs> a networking person or um yeah, like talk and be interested, be interesting, you know? Um I think I would say that to Camille before because Camille before is always so like just a research I'm just going to sit down on my computer not talk to anyone like I can I can be a one-on-one person but okay this was this happened in COP and this is what I realized that I am still learning to do networking I was invited to this uh networking event in Hotel Duvin and I will never forget that because I entered a room with champagne and all that two rooms <laughs> everyone's talking to each other everyone's talking to each other and you go in there and you're like i only need to talk to one person like i'm that person you know i'm not going to talk and insert myself to these people it's it's awkward at first right it's awkward it's a little so scary yeah i was looking for the person i need to to talk to so i was messaging this person like where are you i'm here already but i was even telling the champagne girl the lady who serves us like if you see this guy or if that guy arrives please let him go to me <laughs> so i 
seriously, I went there in the room. I just don't know what to say. I was shocked. Uh-huh. I was like, oh my God, I, I, I'm not this person. I'm a person who just sits down on a computer. So now I was, you know, put in a situation where this, all these big people about corporation CEO, about financing, they were uh-huh. there in the room. And I was just like, I'm not ready. I, I don't know how to sell myself, right? I don't know how to sell my NGO. So I still need to learn that. I still need to. So I think I would maybe tell my old self Camille to like start networking already uh-huh. <laughs> because uh, you'll never know who are the people you are about to meet and mm-hmm. you have to be ready how to sell yourself and how to sell the organization. So that is my advice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's easier said than done or like you need to push yourself over the cliff basically and then you, you just dive into the deep water. Exactly, and it can be really awkward. I think the first group I talked to was super awkward and I did not know that she was the head of this standard third party that I was looking for. Uh-huh. So I wasn't ready to ask the questions that I was supposed to until the person that I was supposed to meet was there. So it was just a mm. timing of like, oh no, I couldn't ask this lady now because he's there. So now we have to meet. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So like, how did you enter the awkward conversation where you just like, you approach the group of people and you're like, hey, I'm Camille. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, What's I up? did exactly this. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I was like, oh, hi. I'm Camille from the Philippines. It feels like I'm a freaking Miss Universe. You know, it was so weird. I was just like, um, yeah, so what's your name and what are you working on? I was just That like, works. That, that, that's good. I think if you said, hey, I'm Camille, I'm Miss Universe from, from the Philippines, <laughs> that would be a great opener as well, though. Oh, wow. That was, uh, oof, I cannot forget that. I was, I need to, to work on myself on that. So, I think one lady left the the group to get some drinks or I don't know, but uh-huh. it took a while for me to understand because like your head overthinks a lot and then yes, you end yeah. up like, oh, this lady is that person. Oh my God. Oh, you can't think about it while you're doing you it. You'll feel more awkward. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then this um, guy from Indonesia already gave a hint like, oh, she could be a project developer. And then I was just quiet. Like, what do you mean by project? Oh my god, oh my god. And then I was about to say something, and then my friend, the one who I supposed to meet, just oh Camille, here, yeah, okay, now we can we can you know meet now. I was like, oh my god, I'm so confused. What just happened there? Like, I think, yeah, I super overthink that time that I I couldn't even reach out to the lady anymore. So that was okay. okay. You you know what a friend told me? We remember the moments where we feel the most awkward. So you, yeah. you'll, you'll never forget. <laughs> I will never forget that. I will never forget. Then after that, so that was Sunday or Saturday, mm-hmm. that whole week after that, so I have a whole week for the COP, I promised myself to remember the names and really talk to them like, hi, I'm Camille. Michael, what do you think about blah, blah, blah? So I, while they're talking, you know, I have to write down their names. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this is the time that I should absorb now. I'm I'm game because for those when you arrive you're you're overthinking what to do when you arrive from glass uh, from Philippines to Glasgow you're like settling down so it took a while for me to settle down until I was in my game so 
Yeah, I think that's it's you can be fair with yourself, though. Everybody has been indoors for like a year, you know, I'm sure other people felt so awkward at the conference. Everyone does. They just like, uh, OK, uh, hi, hi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to interact with people after you've been like indoors for for so long. Exactly. Or... And then a friend of mine was working in the sustainable energy for all uh, pavilion. And then mm -hmm. she was telling me like, look at that lady that's how they network here like she there was a lady who was so aggressive like after the person was talking she just went to the speaker and said like hi i am blah 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 i am this and i would like to you know and then i just observe her how she does it and that's how i kind of learn uh, oh okay so that's how you do it that's how you like just approach the person afterwards after they talk but you know being in philippines come on i'm shy to do that right like you can you can do things in your own style though like you can approach but you don't have to be aggressive you know you can be friendly and stuff and that's true and still that's make true. it work that's true i did that i did that like but took a while took a while for me to like oh what what should i ask what should i say you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it was kind of um still still in that learning on that zone actually so i'm still learning on that networking stuff I think you'll do quite well. I, <laughs> you, I mean, this past year has shown you've done a lot, so I think you'll you'll do quite well there. What else is going on in, in the life of Camille outside of NGOs, um, cop, travel? You said you, you slowed down a bit and you're relaxing now. Yeah, right? yeah. It was um, because now it's Christmas time, so mm -hmm. everyone's a bit of relaxed. Um, getting married next year. Ooh. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just handling many things, but trying to make sure it's all balanced and, and just hoping for, you know, like just good health. I think, mm -hmm. I think I, I got some pretty adult stuff going on, like some stuff like, okay, I didn't have insurance for quite a few months. Now I bought my own insurance, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I've tried to save now, you know, like, so it's quite too late, but <laughs> oh, it's we can always late. start from somewhere, right? Yeah, uh, true. But yeah, like it's it's been um a slow slow time, and I I love it. I've I wanted to go more outdoors, so just going to the beach and just going to the mountains again, um because being in the NGO or starting this NGO was like just I was just full on computer, mm -hmm. really. So took me a while get my ass off out and just go around and just explore and I just can't wait to travel again really like my mind is it's not being in nature for years I'm not conducive or in my own room basically mm -hmm. I can't think more so I have to get out and get some fresh air but yeah like I mean, you you change your hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. The whole year. I know we have to we have to talk about that. Yeah. So for people <laughs> listening who can't see it, I shaved my head. It it feels how, nice. How's it's, it? How is it? It's convenient. How's life? How's life after we we didn't we didn't talk for I think. No. When was the last time we had this podcast? I don't know. We yeah, I think the last time we talked was the previous podcast, but that was like a year and and some. So like what's what's going on after what's going that? on yeah. i not much is going on for me <laughs> i mean i did um during the time that you like between the time that um we saw each other i 
recorded a documentary here in Munich about small businesses and how, how they're coping with COVID. Um, yeah. When I was recording and interviewing, I was hoping that COVID would be kind of wrapped up by the time it was done, but we're on our like third or fourth wave here. So, so not exactly, but um, I think the, those businesses, um, they're, they're all still, still around. So still happy about that. Right now, I'm, I'm starting up Vobis Dude stuff again. Also, I, I took some time off, just like basically unplugged from social media and got relaxed, got, got real comfortable out here. But in the springtime, I would like to shoot a documentary. Don't want to have any spoilers, but I'm thinking about looking at agricultural practices out here, like climate-friendly land use type of stuff. Yeah. So Is yeah, more, more of that later. Is there like that in, the, in Germany? Are Is there, there what? Are there more agroecology or agroforestry in Germany? There, there's a lot of forestry. I, I would say the forestry is all managed forests in Germany. Yeah. Not maybe I don't want to say all, but a lot of it is. And then there's different types of agricultural practices depending on where where you are. Like around here in Bavaria, there are a lot of farms. There's a lot of growing different crops depending on time of year. So. My partner, she's got a lot, she's got a lot of network, the agricultural space out here. So definitely going to try to explore that and leverage that. I have to do a lot of um, research to get educated first. Though. Watch Kiss the Ground Netflix. Kiss the Ground. Okay. It's mind-blowing. Kiss the Ground and um, Fungi, something on Fungi in Netflix. Okay. Both are in Netflix. So it's about, one is about the Fungi connections, mycelium. And the second movie or uh, documentary is Kiss the Ground. I love that. I love those two movies. So watch that, do some research, and you'll have ideas on how your yeah, yeah how, how it goes for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I don't know, when whenever COVID clears up, I would love to travel again and do oh. some filmmaking while traveling or yeah. or just travel too. I'm I'm open to both. And I, of course I want to stop by the Philippines. Of um, course, Taiwan. And yes, then Taiwan, Philippines. Oh, but I know Taiwan is, do you have the 21 days quarantine? They, they have a serious quarantine. Yeah, like my mother, she went back and she had to quarantine a long time before she could hang out. But they, they deliver you some tasty food while you do a oh, quarantine. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my yeah. God. And Taiwanese food. Oh my God. Why not? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan. So yeah, yeah my life, what I've, I've been living around Munich going to, in the summer. I went to Hamburg a bit, hung out. Hamburg's a beautiful yeah. city. Yeah. Yeah. Better in the summer. <laughs> I mean, all, I want to say all German cities are better. In the all summer. German cities are, yeah. Summer, I would be happy to go around, but anything like, well, fall, I would say also, or springtime. It's really nice colors. I really love the colors of the, the trees. I took some photos before. When I was yeah, there. It's, it's very pretty. I mean, if some people who like winter, you know, you can do your skiing, you can do yeah. your Christmas markets and stuff out here. Yeah. A little more difficult now with the COVID stuff, but um, when it opens up, uh, people love autumn here, of course, in Munich with exactly. the Oktoberfest and stuff like this. Exactly. Oh, wow. I can't wait. I want to go, me and my partner, we want to yeah. go there for Oktoberfest. So <laughs> that's the time I try to get out of Munich because <laughs> it's like. No, I think all locals want yeah. to get out. And all tourists will want to experience it. That's always the case, right? That's the problem, though. Like, everyone <laughs> wants to visit me at that time. If, if you guys visit, maybe maybe I'll have to stay around. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, the it's been canceled two years in a row now. So <clears throat> we'll see when the next time 
Oktoberfest is running. Wow, that's crazy. That's a lot of missing out. Huh? They have to, uh, we have to all fight this war together with yeah. all the COVID happening. So a lot of missing out for a lot of people, for sure. But I just hope for the future, it will be all good soon. Me too, so. me too. I, I hear a cat meowing. I think it's, it's a great time to uh, wrap <laughs> up this podcast. Do you have any questions, any final thoughts? No, actually, just um, I'm happy to actually see you and talk yeah. to you. It's nice to catch up. Yeah. So uh, good luck to your, you know, Suen documentary or, or um, podcast with, with other things, actually. But yeah, yeah. That, I don't have any, any more questions. Cool. Mangroves, um, Mangroves to the Future, we'll put a link into the description and and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for everybody listening. It's been Thank a pleasure. You. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye, people.